are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says at the start, this is Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. It is the equivalent of Christmas Eve for Indians fans. We are under 24 hours from the start of baseball season. The uh, Indians 25-man roster was released today, and that's going to be what we primarily discuss for this show. I'm going to start out with the the hitters that I have not talked about. There's not many of those left at this point. And then we'll spend the second half of the show kind of talking about the pen and the relief pitchers and all that fun stuff. There wasn't too much else to report. Uh, Corey Cooper was announced to be the uh, the opening day starter. There had been some talk, um, mostly by fans, who thought that, well, he had a rough spring and his velocity was down. As I mentioned last podcast, I was not as concerned by this. And, you know, the Indians had are are lucky in the fact that yes they have a two-time Cy Young award winner who finished third last year and uh, there was still some debate over if he was the best starter on the team and if he should be opening day starter it's a luxury that very few teams have so the 25-man roster came out with almost no surprises uh, looking through it, I talked about every person who's listed as an infielder except for Hanley Ramirez, who was technically listed as a DH. Hanley Ramirez, uh, three of the last four years, has been a below-league average bat. He was, two years ago, a little bit worse than uh, what Yonder Alonso gave the Indians, though, since he is going to be making significantly less... Uh, They were close enough that you would definitely take the value of Ramirez versus Alonzo. I don't know how much you want to count on Ramirez. Last year, he took a bigger dip than he had the year before. And this is a player who didn't play after May. He is 35 years old. And, I mean, it does seem like we're reaching the end of the line. And while Hanley Ramirez is a big name, I think most fans know Hanley Ramirez. Here's a guy who was only a three-time All-Star, only finished in the MVP top 25 four times. He had some very good seasons, uh, his best probably being 2013. But he also had a lot of not-so-good seasons in there. And those inconsistencies are not something that typically get better with age. He is currently slotted to be the Indians DH, and I think he will get a shot there. They're probably going to look to platoon him as much as possible, and he'll get those opening reps, and if he can't perform, uh, when someone like Bradley Zimmer comes back, we could be looking at them maybe shifting Bowers into the uh, the DH spot and putting either Zimmer is probably their best defensive center fielder, so maybe they put Martin over and left. I mean, Zimmer and Martin defensively give them a chance to have one of the better defensive outfields. The question will be, you know, historically Martin hasn't hit much either, so Ramirez would be better offensively than Martin. 
it, it, you're going to have to judge the valuation. Ramirez has always hit lefties better than righties. It's hard to keep a DH platoon bat that only plays against lefties. Um, Ramirez could play first in the field, and that's about it. His his best days are beyond him, and I honestly would be surprised if he is still with the Indians in July. Um, with all their injuries, he just strikes me as someone they're going to, you know, he's the, the discount bin player. We'll see if it works out. You know, they went out and got Matt Joyce. He was their first discount bin guy. He didn't make the team. They got Cargo, and he'll be in AAA. Uh, Cargo had rather horrific splits. You know, every player typically has bad home and away splits, but uh, Cargo's were some of the worst I've ever seen. So we'll see. Ramirez kind of gets the first shot. He's the first guy up. Uh, if he performs great, if he doesn't, it's not going to be a long leash before they go to the next uh, man up. In the outfield... I feel like I gave Greg Allen maybe done enough, uh, gave him a bit short shift when I was going through there. Uh, you know, defense first, much like Martin, and in many ways, much like uh, Zimmer. Naquin, I think, I've never been uh, on board with him. He just doesn't have anything offensively I trust. Uh, can't catch up to velocity, doesn't really walk, doesn't have power. I feel We'll have to see how it plays out, um, but I would be betting that Naquin might be the first guy down, especially if the Indians are still struggling a bit to find uh, production and Marcado continues to play as well as he has. Uh, the infield, I've talked about everyone there, and then you have your catching situation. Uh, when Eric Haas was sent down to AAA, this was more or less confirmed. Roberto Perez was Trevor Bauer's personal catcher a year ago. All the pitchers like throwing to him. He's an excellent defender, an excellent framer. There is some pop. There is some ability to walk, but he was horrendous as a hitter. Uh, Kevin Plawecki, which I probably butchered and mispronounced, is probably the better offensive performer. There is a chance for some upside there. And the Indians got him on the extreme cheap. Um, the players they sent over... I, I was not, you know, It's I, I wish them well. I hope they do well, but I was not uh, saddened by the losses. These were not guys I really had in my uh, my top 30 Indians prospects. Uh, Plowecki isn't as good of a defender, but he could be a better hitter than Perez. And if either of them are really awful, that is the point where Eric Haas will get a chance. And I know the Indians are very high on Haas. They just would like him to play every day, and I think that is why he's starting the year in AAA, since he has one option left and the other two do not. It's uh, time to uh, talk about our sponsor, Blue Chew. The chewable little blue pill. If you uh, want a little help in the bedroom and you want to, don't want to pay as much, you want to be able to get it discreetly, you don't... Uh, not a big fan of swallowing pills you'd prefer to chew them you know it's the the same active ingredients as the the more famous ones but this one can be mailed directly to you and you uh don't have to deal with uh all the rigmarole of going out and getting it so if you're curious you've always wanted to try one uh this type of medication just go to bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W, 
and use the promo code MLB. You get a free trial of it, and you just have to pay the $5 for shipping. So it's free. Just got to pay for shipping. They can't lose money on the deal, so that seems pretty fair. BlueChew.com. Okay. So really the only part of the Indians' uh, roster I have not discussed this season is the relief pitchers. It is an interesting group. Uh, you know, the Indians made that trade last year, trading Jerry, trading Mejia for Hand and Simber. Hand was effective, but his velocity was down, which is a concern. He's probably, I mean, I don't think there's a problem. He's the Indians' closer. Um, it's always nice when you can have a high leverage lefty. He is signed for multiple years of control. Simber was part of the Indians' approach to taking these they they seem to be targeting the uh almost like a rugie for back of a le- lack of a better word you know we have loogies which are you know left on lefty relievers rugies someone like simber with the the sidearm throw it's what joe smith was uh for the indians for a lot of years that they really punish the right-handers and that's what they're there for is got the hard right-handers the problem was when uh simber what he did with the padres was something he had never done in the minors he drastically overperformed what we had ever seen him do and when he got to cleveland he drastically underperformed it was like he was a completely different pitcher and he was frankly awful um he had no business being on the postseason roster statistically he just was horrendous i'm hoping he rebounds you know part of the reason they paid such a high price for those two relievers was this is supposed to be the eighth inning and ninth inning guy for the indians for the next five years um time will tell but uh they paid too high of a price they're gonna give simber every chance he can dan otero kind of imploded the nice thing about dan otero is that he seems to be an every other year player which is one of my favorite baseball oddities um there's been a lot of guys i've seen this with where good year bad year good year bad year and you're never quite sure how it works um or why it works that way but i guess it's not quite the case the good news though for simber is it's been good 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 year good year bad year good year good year bad year so he should be in line for uh, a pair of good years before another bad year um in those four seasons that he was good you know he had those two years in oakland where he appeared in a uh over 105 games with an era uh just around two and in cleveland it was uh about 114 games with an era a little over two so you know he's an effective guy he doesn't walk players both of his bad seasons you know i talked about yesterday the variance of home run rate and how we can kind of see it go up and down uh both years that he had that stuck out as those negative years his home rate home run rate really jumped the one concern if you're an indians fan is that it started to creep up in 2017 before the big jump in 2018 to where it was 1.8 and his hit rate had increased every year um but yes the 2018 year very much looks a lot like that 2015 year in oakland which was the year after which they released him in spite of having two really productive seasons the year before tyler olson um two years ago we saw some really nice production i'm not sure he's going to be more than a loogie long term but you can i guess never have enough lefties especially when one of them is already your closer because you're not going to be pulling brad hand out when you need to get somebody uh out you know uh 
you go back to 2017 when across 20 innings he didn't give up a single earned run his strikeout rate took a dramatic increase last year but so did his home run walk and hit rates he's probably again best served being a loogie the only problem is oliver perez is also in that role and he was really good a year ago in that role arguably he was the indian's second best reliever um so they have two loogies a roogie uh, an older pitcher who they're hoping rebounds and then you have neil ramirez and john edwards who are filler um i don't think anyone's out there buying those jerseys or really considering those guys anything other than hey they're here um if somebody like nick sandlin who was their second round pick who they pushed all the way up to double a last year is performing well um i don't think these are the guys who are going to stand in the way uh, the nice thing when you have a Neil Ramirez or a John Edwards is when you need to add someone to the 40-man, these are players that you can typically take off your 40-man and outright to the minors until the point at which you need them again. Um, or if you do lose them, it is not um, as painful as it is when you lose someone who's a bit younger. You know, you need someone you can throw out there in those early innings if someone just doesn't get the job done and that's what those two are there for it's it's not a pen that inspires much hope uh for me personally just because there is a question mark around everyone uh but then again you go back to last year and you had miller and allen who were about as safe as safe can get and they both ended up uh struggling so much so that again the indians traded their top prospect for a pair of relievers so uh when it comes to relief pitchers who knows year to year there's very few guys who perform well and that's why um those pitchers who can are typically extremely valuable i say typically because we do see craig crimble craig kimbrell out there as a free agent still at this point so that's the 25 man roster um you know the other news that came out was that francisco lindor is kind of is going to start the season on the disabled list my concern there is with both Lindor and Kipnis, they're on the disabled list due to calf injuries. Lindor's was then an ankle injury. What we see sometimes with calf injuries are that spread of injuries to other parts of the body or that it lingers and affects, again, other parts of the body and can lead to a just an injury plague season. I hope we don't see that as it does feel like at this point that Lindor and Ramirez are like 40% of the Indians' offense, maybe 50%. And, uh, they're pretty much the two guys that the Indians cannot afford to miss significant time. Anyone else, they could probably patch some things together. The drop-off from Lindor to Stamets is just astronomical, and it's uh, they need Lindor to be healthy. I mean, the pitching staff can maybe carry them in the weak division, but if they have any aspirations at all, they need a healthy Lindor. So good thing is let's uh, get him rested now and ready for later. Thank you again for tuning in and subscribing, for uh, dealing with the foibles and uh, technical issues and aside as I learn how to uh, be a better podcaster. I hope you're enjoying the information. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed and reviewed. It's That's awesome. It's very helpful for us. Um, every day I go on to Megaphone, the site we use, and I, I check the subscriptions and check the downloads, and that's a, it's very exciting to see the numbers. Uh, we, we've hit kind of a plateau, so you know, share and talk with your friends. It's greatly appreciated. Um, it does mean the world to me when I just see that uh, the numbers are doing well, because that's 
pretty much why I'm doing it right now. It's, you know, it's it's because I like talking about the Indians and there are people who want to listen. So thank you. This has been Jeff Ellis for the Locked on Indians podcast. The next time you tune in, you'll hear my take on opening day and we'll dive into the Indians performance. Until then, go tribe.